0: And now I believe we are live. Fantastic. So this is another session of Connect Live. And this week we have Phil Seamark. Hello, Phil.
1: (laughs) Hello, Ben. How are you? Thanks for
0: inviting me. um, uh, You're absolutely welcome. It's my pleasure to have you here, mate. I'm looking forward to the chat, to learn a couple of things about you and what you do and that that type of stuff. And I always say this because what I really like about yeah daniel um what i really like about a lot of these sessions is that i learn a lot about the people who i'm talking to of course right and i tend to you know read about the person in advance and see what they've done just so i you know, i am aware of the person you know? however what i was completely unaware of and i only learned this from a tweet by bernard he said i bet dax games which is definitely going to talk about games and honey production will have their place i'm curious about the honey production part do Um, do you produce honey
1: yeah so where i live in new zealand i'm I'm in a rural area so i've got quite a lot of space um for those who do hectares about just over five hectares for those who do acres is about 13 acres so not quite farm size but plenty of room for um a lot of outdoor activity um and the area that I live is surrounded by this um, uh, quite unusual plant that's um, unique to New Zealand, called the manuka tree. And okay. supposedly, I'm not necessarily convinced on this myself, but supposedly the, the, the honey that gets made from the manuka tree is very good for treating um, uh, wounds. You know, it's, it has good antiseptic properties. Um, plus, it tastes really, really nice. Um, so, you know, it'd be silly not to actually, uh, you know, get some beehives up there myself. So I, I, I got on the internet, paired up with a local commercial beekeeper. And, um let them up you know the, the back of my property where they put a whole bunch of hives and I just yeah. make sure I always get plenty of honey for myself so uh you know I go through it it's, it's, it's great stuff
0: but i do have some That's tips for anyone cool.
1: who is interested in um honey if, if you do want to go down that path but um
0: See, you, this can be a natural extension of your blog phil you know duck's tips and honey tips
1: perhaps. It, maybe maybe I pro- actually I probably only have a, a, a handful of honey tips um but no it, it, it's great it, you know
0: well, well I, I only have put on, the
1: cookie, put on the breakfast I... um you, you know i'm actually about 90 years old so you can see the benefits of, of buying this manuka honey
0: so i didn't i didn't want to bring it up mate but uh, yeah it makes sense now but i mean you, know, you only have a a uh, uh, handful of, of honey tips i only have a handful of dax tips so it's perfectly fine you just use what you've got you know
1: well the main one that even my beekeeper didn't know was um <clears throat> when you buy honey from the supermarket and you've got the you can buy it when it's golden runny and um mm-hmm. you know you sort of it on a spoon and it drips out, and, and it looks really nice. That's the kind of honey I quite like. Mm. But you can also buy the honey that's creamed, that's sort of solid, um, and you sort of have to dig into it with a spoon. Uh, now, <clears throat> what I didn't realise, and it's important that you use the right vessel, but if you boil the honey, um, it converts that solid, uh, creamy honey into the mm. runny honey. Now, I only recommend you do this if you're putting the uh, creamy, solid honey in a glass jar. So you put it in a pot pour some boiling water in, not enough to break the glass, come back half an hour later and it's just pours beautifully. Um, so just that, that's my one tip for the day. I won't say any more
0: about honey, I promise. This is perfectly fine, mate. Perfectly fine. This one I'm talking about before. People, people always ask, so what do what you like, want to talk about today? Nice and random, right? Who thought would start this conversation with honey tips? I didn't. Mm. So there you go. Uh, why is it dark at your place, Phil? And it's light over here.
1: Um I see that's Jeff. So the reason why that's dark is because the, the room I actually work is a bit of a borrowed uh, junk dumping ground. Um, I am building a new place, and normally when I turn my video on, I have the ability to blur out my background, but um, you know this particular tool, I can't find that. Uh, I'm not a video expert, so I, yeah. I, I quickly panicked and, and did a little bit of a tidy up, turn off the background so it wasn't so distracting.
0: Um. <laughs> I never thought about that because I use Restream, by the way, and yeah. um, I really like it. But I never, I never thought once about this ability to blur a background because I used to use like XSplit,
1: where yes. it was.
0: But I found XSplit to be like really, really uh, drain. So all I could hear in the background was this: my computer trying not to explode. So that's fine if I'm doing like a recorded session, but on a live session, this noise in the background it's just too much. so I stick with my background
1: Well, so, yeah, some actually. of the guys some of the people on my team, they spend a lot of money on video equipment and they've got you know near production quality stuff, which is um uh, amazing. Uh, me, I'm I'm cheap. I just still use the the little webcam in my laptop and nothing fancy. Uh, maybe a enough. microphone, but that's about it. So, um, so
0: you, you you're not quite at the the, the guy in a cube setup yet with the
1: not quite you know, huge... you place, Yeah, showing his setup, and um, uh, uh, I was actually uh, booked to go and stay at um, Adam's place for a trip before all the travel lockdown went. You know, I was going to uh, be. Okay crashing in that room with all the um all, all the equipment so uh hope yeah he was very really so trusting you, you leave and the bag's there. a bit
0: heavier right <laughs> mm. yeah i think he even has like a like a teleprompter i'm sure i saw a teleprompter that was just kind of like amazing setup to me oh
1: look, look looks pretty impressive yeah, yeah but i mean they do amazing work when you watch the oh, videos yeah. the production quality is just stunning <laughs> um you know i just it's 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 tiring Thinking about trying to replicate the the kind of output that they do, it sort of it's amazing. So,
0: kind of, yes. So, Phil is guy in the hut. Yeah. yeah, harsh, but yeah, very good. Enjoy. Um, so you and power I all that kind of stuff. I I first saw your name, if I'm getting the date right, was probably. 2017. Don't be offended by that. I started mm-hmm. using Power BI in 2017 to 2016. I can't remember. Gal. Um, not important. Um I saw Dax um Minesweeper. Was that mm-hmm. back then? Or my too early, but I think it was 2017. I saw Dax Minesweeper.
1: Well, certainly a few years ago.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And I looked at it and I think this was the at that point, I just kind of worked out that, oh, yeah, I'd calculate and do other stuff. So, like, you know, my DAX, they didn't exist at that point. And I saw DAX Minesweeper, and I I, I opened it, and I played it. And I was like, I will never, <laughs> never be able to do this. And a few years later, I've been using DAX for quite a few years now, and I still can never, ever, ever be able to do that. It's so impressive. I wonder where did the idea come from? Did you have, like, a project to think, I want to make a game? It's so awesome,
1: um, abstract. I can't actually rem- remember that far. Um, I mean, I, I was quite busy and active on the community site, the community.powerbi.com. And, and a lot of the reason I was doing that was to teach myself DAX because I find that one of the fastest ways that I learn hmm. is to try and was that other people post, you know, in the form of a question or whatever. Like, how do I do this uh, running total or how do I do this period comparison, for example? And at the start, you know, I had no idea and, and I had to just watch the other answers that people were posting. And, um, okay. you know I would learn from that and then eventually I got a bit braver and started um, you know suggesting my own answers. They weren't necessarily the right answers, but um, you mm-hmm. know over time, uh, I stubbornly liking a challenge, you know slowly got better and better and um, you
0: know,
1: um, you know, quite enjoyed that. And I was getting reasonably good at DAX. Um, but then at some point I figured I needed a different challenge because the the questions I was seeing perhaps on community.palbio.com, uh, there wasn't a lot of variety, so I thought I'll, I'll just go out and just push decks and, and see what you can actually do because I had no mm. idea, I didn't know where the um uh we would actually get blocked or, or hit, hit walls, for example.
0: Yeah,
1: and the first game I think I t- was truly awful. Um, it was a version of Blackjack, you could only play one hand, but the idea was just try to sort of um generate a few random numbers to represent cards and you know, uh, implement some logic so that um, the the Computer player or house would know when to play and hold and and I'm not using the right terms, but you, you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, play. Class. I mean when I
1: when I put it together with a little bit of um, uh, a visual layer, like a, a nice background and, and trying to use graphics for the card, it was even though it was quite a bad game, like you couldn't play multiple hands or bet and accumulate money or anything like that. Because mm. you know, I was starting to discover some of the things that you weren't able to do via decks. It was quite interesting and fun and um you know i wrote a blog and just explained you know you know how i approached it and and um you know try to do my best to explain you know, how the decks worked and i quite enjoyed that so after a couple of weeks i thought all right what's a what's another challenge and i can't remember what the next one was um it might have been a tic-tac-toe game you know mm. and crosses depending on where you're from um and, and that was interactive you know you could make a you could start your game in any any position and the the computer would play back at you and you could then make a move and the computer would respond etc um mm. and, and and there were a whole bunch of ways that you could approach that and you know quite like thinking about it so for a little bit i got on a, i got on a bit of a role um and um you know the, the minesweeper was was one of the first ones as well and um you know the there's, there's some quite neat decks trying to work out, you know, for those familiar with the Minesweeper game, that when you click on a blank square, you have to reveal a really irregular pattern um, of all the other adjacent uh, blank squares, you know, mm. to to the border where, the, where the, the mines are and obviously keeping track of, you know, squares that need to show a number. Um, it even got to the point where um, it, it seemed like a quite interesting presentation and I, I did a few fun SQL Saturdays um, uh, where cool. I, I think I call it wacky Dax or um, crazy <laughs> Dax was the name of the title and I, I like it stand up in front of a, usually a very very small room of people brave enough to hear about completely useless things to do with Dax but I mean in a roundabout way <clears throat> it helped me learn more um, and, and <laughs> also helped me really understand you know uh, uh, you know where the where the you know Boundaries were, I guess, with DAX. And um, I I sort of finished those ones in a series with those. um, uh, There was a couple of uh, uh, map-based games. There was a two-dimensional map game where you could navigate your way around a, um, a series of walls okay and, um, for fun i converted that into a 3d version of the game as well um so you could actually you know doom style or, or um quake style move through a maze which was effectively just reading in a csv file so you could go to excel and excel was nice because you could format the rows and columns really nicely just put okay. x's where you wanted walls and, and gaps where you didn't want walls save the csv file and you know it would read in a map and you'd have this 3d world that you could move around and this was you know 100 all in dax inside power bi now, I've never once said that Dax or Power BI is a gaming engine. It's 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 truly awful. But for <laughs> every one of the games, you know, I did spend a lot of time just writing up going step by step saying, you know, here's how this bit works, here's how that bit works in in my words, and um hopefully that's um quite but fun. This and, and...
0: sorry, continue. Sorry? No, I'm oh, just saying was... No, in... oh, your turn, you hey. go for it.
1: Oh, and I was just going to say, um, uh, uh, someone who's on this call, um, who was one of your previous guests, actually, Kerry, she's building a game, uh, which, which uh, picked uh-huh. my ears really? up. And, um, you know, we uh, reached out. And um, so I'm helping a little bit on the DAX. But, uh, you know, I've got good news that, uh, you know, I think she'll be having one of her good SVG games um, coming out shortly. So I'm, cool. I'm looking forward to that. I always, always like to see other people doing this kind of stuff and that. And... Um,
0: yeah, I mean, because you also said you, that it's like people like to see whatever. I think you said you use the word pointless or something similar. But I, I often think that the the pointless tasks, for once, for one of a better word, are the are the most interesting because they kind of make you think in a much more creative way. And hmm. there's always and the, the number of things that you are okay, oh yeah, but I'll do it, but I don't really need it now. But then you. Remember that you have it somewhere when a challenge comes not a challenge, but like it's standard work issue or a standard DAX or whatever issue. It just, it forces you to learn outside of this traditional like learning environment, which is, you know, I need this or let's just read a book. I mean, I'm saying this in a drug way. I'm not really one for reading I'm not gonna say books. That so makes me sound like an idiot. But I'm not one for reading, like you know, like like textbooks, if you will. I wouldn't really probably ever pick up like a mm. a dark book because that's just not how I learn. So actually, reminds me of uh, of a maths teacher I had when I was like probably in middle school, so like ten years old. I mean, I'm I'm bad at maths. I've always been bad at maths, which is really mm. helpful because my wife is an accountant and her office is on the other side of that door. So quite often during the day, I'll, I'll be working on a calculation and I'll need my wife's help to check me to make sure that the numbers actually make sense. Um, but yeah, if I forgot my point. my point was. I do this all the time. Just talking if I just talk and I forget my point. But the general point was that it kind of inspires you to go out and think of like some, some more interesting ways to learn the thing that you should be doing for your job, if that makes sense. I don't really consider anything as pointless because if it's fun, you're learning and at some point you're going to use that.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. It forces you to look at it from a different perspective and it, it can be quite torturous because you can yeah. sit bolt upright at two o'clock in, in the morning going, aha, you know, I know how to solve now that thing that's been bothering me a little bit. Um, and then so do I true. go back to sleep or do I get up and actually, you know, finish it off? Or, you know, if I go back to sleep, do I risk forgetting, you know, waking up in the morning going, oh, what was that solution again?
0: So So true one of the benefits of home office is the fact that we can just jump on our computer now, or I like to do anyway, jump on my computer when I have a solution at like 11 o'clock at night or whenever. Ah, yes, that's right. I've been thinking about it. You've been in the shower or something or where you are or whilst exactly whilst, whilst brushing teeth. Couldn't have said it better. And, um, yeah, okay. I have a solution. I'm going to go and use it now. It's cool. And then you use it and it's fun. Um, Someone mentioned before, one second, I've, I've, I haven't been ignoring the, the, the comments. I usually put them up somewhere and talk about them, but someone mentioned before about um, you working in the CAT team as well, mm-hmm. which is a point that I wanted to bring up. I mentioned it before, because um, what is that? So I know generally the CAT team is, you know, it's a big deal and you do big work. But I'm just curious, I'm curious as to what what the CAT team is and what's a day in the life of someone who works in the CAT team. Please, fill me in. Uh,
1: Well, just remember, this is from my perspective. You know, if you ask another member of the CAT team, they might answer in a completely different way. Of course, Um, of course. So uh, I think officially we're a team that sits within the Power BI team. Um, and, And CAT stands for Customer Advisory Team, although I tend to like to think of it as a, customer advocate team. So, okay. we, we do work with very large enterprise customers and if you think um uh you know the very large you know 500 biggest customers on the planet, the vast mm-hmm. majority, I think 97% of them use Power BI in some shape or form. And when these very big organizations use Power BI, obviously they're going to be spending a lot of money and Microsoft want to make sure that they're getting good value for that investment. So they uh-huh. want to make make sure that they've got people that work closely with those very large organizations to just try and make the experience as smooth as possible um and and it's win-win because what can happen is um you know when we go into a large organization and you know we and they're all different you know there's a lot of similarities but they all have something unique that they need help with Um, and to get it working really nicely for them you know we also learn you know what could we uh, do to make Power BI better for people like this, um, or for customers like this? And it's just we can then go back to the Power BI team as a whole and say, look, you know, we, we've got a bit of a common theme here. You know, we probably need to do some more work in, in this particular area or, or that particular area, and then that okay. sits on top of the um, ideas forum. So you know, huge amount of the um, uh, con- uh, the, the 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 you know the way Power BI gets evolved and and, and develops comes from those those votes on ideas.powerbi.com, but um, you know we also need to make sure that our enterprise customers are, are listened to as well. Hmm. But so we're a very small team. You know, it's when I started there were only about nine or ten on the team. We have grown a little bit now, but uh, you know we certainly can't scale to
0: hmm. to
1: to spend an awful lot of time on these customers. And and, and I think um, you know I've even heard uh, um, you know mention. We technically cover about twenty thousand commercial customers um, around the world and we just can't uh, do that so we all have different strengths and what we try to do is scale our uh, learnings and knowledge through things like blogs and presentations and documents and white papers and and, and all sorts and, and most of you have heard of you know adam and patrick who do the wonderful guy on a cube i mean last time i looked they were they're pushing near, near quarter of a million subscribers, which is just amazing. Um, um, I mean, that, that's not it is amazing. optimized for enterprise customers. That's optimized for everyone. But, you know, I, I can't remember ever going into a, a new customer having a you know conversation with them without them mentioning, oh, you know, this, we've all watched the guy on the cube videos. They're fantastic. Um, yeah. you know, and they do that on their own time. You know, that's not actually part of their job to to generate that, which is you know, even more okay. amazing.
0: That is even more. But impressive. I probably haven't
1: said too much uh, more. But yeah, as I said, we we all have different areas of expertise. I, I tend to get given the um, the decks and the data modeling work mostly because anyone else on the team they hear the word decks and they run a mile. That's fair. Um, <laughs> but uh, I I do rec- I do remember a year or so before I started on the cat team. I, I, I'm sure I saw a photo on Twitter of you know the, the members of the team at that time. They must have been in an event, and I was. I remember being impressed by um, thinking, "Oh, wow, that's that's like Casper, and that's um, you know Adam, and that's Patrick, and um, you know that would be an incredible team to work for." And uh, yeah. with a bit of luck, um, you know, and, I, and I don't know what else, I happened to get the opportunity, which I jumped at. And, uh,
0: skill, and, uh, mate, skill. Mm. You're so modest. Maybe,
1: <laughs> m- maybe the um, they just wanted me to stop abusing their product by building these um, awful games. <laughs> that could be to shut me down
0: <laughs> i mean an entire an entire website just full of power bi games that seems like a cool thing you know everyone just can everyone who builds a power bi game submit it and have one website that's just full kind of like uh you know the, we have the this power bi site that has all the different reports the report whatever it's called i'm not sure what it's called just yeah, I mean I'd
1: love that because I mean I would I would probably spend more time you know pulling apart and looking at you know what someone's done and 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 learn from some ah oh, that's a cool technique you know I hadn't, hadn't thought of that yeah. and you know I'd really enjoy doing that than perhaps looking at you know your standard financial business report over and over again because um yeah.
0: it can be a little bit repetitive yeah this is I am um, I think obviously a large part of my job is you know creating power bi reports I'm always happy when there's a chance to come along to create a report that isn't what would be a normal financial report that's just lots of numbers uh, on a page?
1: I, I don't actually enjoy it so much. Um, and again, this is a sort of an, a symptom of being part of the CAT team because the, the challenge there is, you know, we we work with people, well, I work with people that can create these amazing, beautiful reports, you know, Miguel Myers and and, and Chris Hamill, et cetera. And, you know, where I used to maybe have a go at trying to create a good looking report, you know, I just throw my hands up now and think, you know, um, anything I do is just, Going to look embarrassing next to these people that are just so good at what they do from the visualization front. Um, so I I do get a bit concerned when someone comes to me and say "Phil, can you actually all <laughs> power BI reports? So I'll do your DAX, I'll make your calculations. Um, you know, as fast run as fast as I possibly can get them to. Mm. But um, let, let's perhaps get someone else to uh, do the work on the canvas."
0: It's an amazing thing. I I would literally do these chats every week just to listen to someone who, let's be honest, like since I've started working with Power BI, I've just been stealing a lot of what you've uh, you've written on your blog. You know, copy, paste that, copy, paste that. That'll work. Brilliant. So to hear people who yourself, the work you've been learning from, I'll put it nicely, um, and of course are in a cat team that you also still have some things that you don't feel confident about. It's pretty amazing thing to hear. What's it called again? I always, this expression that people always, always use, but I always figure out what it is, but basically not trusting yourself. You know, you always assume that everyone is, especially Imposter if they, have. thank you. Imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. I'm so, I always forget words. Um,
1: I mean, I have taken full advantage, like one of the opportunities, one of the great things about working in a team like the Power BI team is just there's so many smart people um, to, to learn from. And, you know, there's a couple of people that I have just standing weekly meetings with for no other reason that I just want to talk to them because they're super, super smart and, you know, always learn something clever. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Even in the world of DAX and data modeling, I'll say you know, I'm talking with this customer here and you know, here's an interesting challenge that we're working through. Mm-hmm and I'll just I'll boil it down to something fairly succinct and I'll, I'll talk to you know maybe a very senior engineer or you know someone very very technical and um you know I, I, I learn a, a ton of stuff like that but you know it's not they're not on my team they're not someone I necessarily mm. report to but I've reached out and made sure I just connect with these you know really smart people uh, on a regular cadence um I, th- I think I've sort of involuntarily set them up as a, as a mentor. Um, uh, so, and, and, you know, that's another wonderful, um, uh, benefit of, you know, working in a team like the cat team at, at um, on the power BI team. So,
0: yeah. look, just always more. Mm. Jeff said, just, is this throwing shade at you regarding your, um, your, your vision? You're not, you're not, you're not a fan Jeff, no?
1: Yep. Uh, <laughs> no, fair enough. No, I, I, I agree with you, Jeff. Um, I just, I don't even bother. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> No, when I mean- Talking about data viz, I usually um, uh, start nodding off, so.
0: I, I I, mean, I have colleagues who have, who work and use Power BI reports and they have zero interest in how a report looks, zero. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that. I mean, I'm, this is, obviously I disagree, but this is, they say, look, for me, I will like, I won't say a report's a report until it looks how I think that report should look. But sometimes they take the report, they take the data, what they want, what they need it for, and they throw up in the page, and that's them done.
1: Yeah, it's I just both, I can see both perspectives. I think I think there are cases where it's really of important course, yeah. to get this right. I think there are other cases where it can be overdone, um, and yeah. you end up worrying a lot more about the visual layer, and you kind of lose the point of the report. And you know, I don't think it's that black and white. And yeah. um, but. Um, and you also need to appreciate that uh, you know, that different people they think different ways. Some people think horizontally, other people think vertically. So you know, just to have one prescribed way of laying out visuals and assuming that everyone will get it, yeah, you know,
0: is is is, is not. I think that's why you got to be careful with stuff like best practices. I mean, mm. there are some best practice stuff that is just best practice, but I don't like it when people come out with all this best practice of how things should look visually in lots of regards. You know, like this, the the best practices where slices should be, and all this type of stuff. There are stuff that makes sense, but I think a lot of these best practices or ideas come from the or the assumption that all reports are the same and everyone uses reports the same way. You know, like yeah. if you if you're talking about a purely financial report, then maybe they should all follow the same structure, but. There's such a wide variety of reports that people can make, uh, can make with Power BI, and especially if you're looking to just build something that's a bit more, bit more fun, you know. I'm just going to throw some comments up here: 3D pie charts for the win, exactly, Johnny. I mean, you know, 3D pie chart, why not? Obviously, I'm joking. They're terrible pie charts. Yes, less 3D, and so they, have, um, they have their place. <clears throat> <laughs> Say it again, Terry. Oh,
1: they have their place. Hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, if you want to use them. You use them. I'm not going to knock it. I'll not knock it a little bit, um. But no, I think w- because people have areas that they don't particularly enjoy or where they feel less confident, I think it also just kind of highlights the fact that you can, when you're using this tool, you can um, you can learn from so many different places, you know, and it really reminds me of when I first first started teaching, like Power Query where I had no idea really about the tool, just that it existed. And I was giving trainings and people were like showing me I was wrong at the same time because they opened it for the first time and they clicked on a different button and then that worked, you know? Um, so, I mean, for me, one of the, the, the strongest things about Power BI is the fact that it's so accessible, you know, you, you, you can just get it on your desktop within like 30 seconds and you can play with it and done, you know? So, As a tool to kind of play around with and then discover, I find it much stronger than, or the strongest I would say in that regard without going into discussion about other tools. But basically it has its great strength in the fact that you just go into the Microsoft store, download the the program and start working. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, it helps that you probably have, if you want to learn Power BI, that you have got, you know, like a personal hobby or a piece of data that's meaningful to you, you know, to, to play oh, with, you know, even yeah. just going into your bank accounts and downloading a few months worth of your own um, bank transactions and, and bringing it into Power BI and, and, and playing with it so you can see where, you, where you're where you wasting your money. And, um, yeah. you know, just by doing an exercise like that, never publishing it, never sharing it, you know, you probably hopefully learn, um, you know, quite a lot in that short space of time about what mm. you can do with uh,
0: yeah. Power BI. So, yeah, you know, for sure. Um, and There are plenty
1: of interesting data sets out there. Say it again? There are plenty of interesting data sets out there.
0: Oh, there's loads. I mean, yeah, I mean, Google it for like 10 seconds. I mean, I, I, I use, sorry, I just brought this comment by Jeff, by the way. Um, yes, but on your personal, that's what I love about you. I mean, I have Power BI on my private laptop, you know? Yeah. So workplace, yes, I agree, it can be harder. Um, but I think when I, when I started using Power BI, I always had it on my personal computer. Um, not my work computer is what I mean because it's just I, mm, with I've it got a weather, I have a
1: weather <laughs> station here to keep track of the temperature and wind and stuff and that, that all goes through a power bi report that I that's keep track cool of.
0: Um, that's very cool it's a nice idea
1: oh well I've got because as I said I'm in a rural area so my water tanks um only get filled depending on how much rain falls and I know um from my rain meter how much rain has actually fallen onto my roof and I also measure the level of my water tank so I can tell based on how much water has actually uh, fallen in the last hour versus you know, how, how how far my tank's risen, whether I've got a blockage or a problem that I need to go and clean out. So Power BI actually helps me um, keep track of just maintaining my house, for example. you know, uh, there, There's no awesome. real other easy tool that you can get off the shelf that will just do yeah. this particular function for me. It's flexible enough that I can just plug in my, Mm-hmm. um you know my weather data and my um the the, the bluetooth water level monitor so
0: that's brilliant I, had, I like it's, that
1: it's a bit I had to uh hack in had to create a little app to sort of intercept the weather data that was trying to send it off to the internet with a, a fake version of what it thought was their web server but it was my web server to drop the data into an SQL database and um yeah I'm getting a bit nerdy there
0: <laughs> no that's brilliant the nerdy the better I, I, the only data set that I, I mean, I have the, the fantasy football one because it's just there and it's accessible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, always great to use. And I mean, there, that's the good cause it's a, it's a free API. It's open. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are like, you can get like Airbnb data sets and stuff. Um, apparently Jeff likes, was it a baby name website, oh, yes. which is, yes. that's in new I agree with Carrie. She seems unconvinced. Um, that's a strange one. I've never thought about a baby name data set to play around with.
1: It's surprisingly popular. There's, there's a few people that have sort of gravitated towards that um, New Zealand baby name data set, suck it into to Power BI and find some sort of interesting trends and patterns, you know, names that were popular a long time ago. When the, when did they start to tail off? Um, yeah. you know, whether whether you know, people are more creative with boy names versus girl names. Um, you know, again, it's a good learning tool. Uh,
0: I mean, if you connect to anything, I mean, you're right. I mean, bank statements can be a bit terrifying to, to connect to. Actually, you know what? Me and my wife—I say she's an accountant. She mm. um, she's been keeping track of our finances on her um, Excel since 2010, right. like month by month. And we do all like the sum each month of how much we're spending and stuff. And it's really terrifying document to look at just to see how much our expenditure has gone up since 2010 to where it is now. It's just I I I could put that in Power BI, but it'd be too depressing to be honest. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, there's, there's loads to do. It's quite cool. I'm just, I've um, been looking around at your blog also this, uh, this morning as, as well, by the way, sure. its a, I have to say, it's a weird thing. I know like there are algorithms that decide this sort of thing, but your tweets show up in my timeline, not so frequently. I think I don't interact with you enough. I'm gonna have to start making some random comments on your, on, on your tweets just to make them show up a little bit more because I realized that like of, of all the people who are kind of, follow and produce a lot of work you this is going to sound really rude i don't mean this way but you kind of fall under my radar of the most just simply because it's not showing up in my timeline you know um, ah yeah th- th-
1: this is interesting um i was just talking about your future ge- guest and our uh, heavy commentator jeff just recently I, I i was i was having a look at his um uh tweet activity hmm. recently i think at our last user group and i can't remember the number forgive me if i'm wrong but it was something ridiculous uh, like 13,000 tweets. No, that, that seems too high. Surely, surely it's not that high. For Jeff? I'm just having a look now. Right. I'm just having a look now.
0: They were all about uh, the ideas. Side.
1: I can't see it. Where does it show? I need to put my glasses on. Uh, 13. Yeah, three thousand tweets. Now, he got on Twitter well and truly after me, so he, he's got a lot of good stuff to say. <laughs> I'm, look at um, so, that. But I'm probably the opposite you know I, I i tend to use twitter most of the time pretty much just as as an extension of my professional network so i mm, use okay. it to kind of lo- look to see when other people have posted interesting uh topics and comments and blogs that i can go and have a bit of a look at look mm. at and um you know the ones mm. i like i'll always uh you know retweet and, and mark that i like and then you know i typically only post content there when i'm sharing content and unfortunately lately this year particularly um you know i just haven't had the opportunity to sit down and 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 write out a blog so um uh, i'm trying to force myself back to once every two weeks but um yeah i I kind of feel self-conscious i don't think anyone really wants to know on on my twitter Twitter feed anyway you know if i'm going to the shops to buy some groceries oh yeah yeah
0: this is this is i mean i'm I, i'm ho- i always hope you're having a lovely day don't get me wrong um yeah. but yeah sure you kind of want to hear about that uh, well we if, I,
1: if i'm tweeting more it probably means i'm adding more content which would hopefully be um a, a good thing know, I, d- I would i should put more content on so
0: no i mean i i i struggle as well i always yeah my goal is always yeah, like two videos a week like no one every other week yeah. is just the way it goes but i was reading one of the, um, your um your blog posts what was it about, it was about um. Using calculation groups to um, not show the, fil- the slicer changes until you click on, yeah, that's what it was. I'm not going crazy. So basically calculate using calculation groups to basically, when you change the slicer items, they won't change until you click on the button in your calculation group. Hmm. I'm, I'm sure not sure you... if
1: that was mine. Um, I don't remember that one. Really? But, uh, it sounds like a good one.
0: Uh, I'm sure I mean, I'm not going crazy.
1: It's okay. Um, it's okay.
0: I should have. I should have like saved it in my history. I'm like ninety-five percent sure it was you, but now I'm just and now you, now the person who I think wrote it says they didn't write it. So I'm just doubting myself uh, well, massively
1: here. I can't remember everything I've written. I don't have a fantastic memory, um, <laughs> and it, it, oh, it was probably over a year ago.
0: Nope. Um, been read it as well. See, calculation group's been at Reddit. So.
1: Well, Fantastic. I, I, this is not an uncommon phenomena that I've heard from many other bloggers as well that, you know, they've, they've put out some content over a reasonably long period of time. Um, and then they go, they get stuck on a problem, uh, what feels like a very new problem. And they go do their internet search and they, they land on a page that appears to have the solution. They read it. <laughs> it has the solution. Yeah. And it's their blog. Um, this is... Uh, a bit more common than than um, people yeah. realize. So maybe if I need to go do something clever with calculation groups, I, I might fall onto that one there. So, I mean, you can you,
0: you can just copy and paste Bennett's, um messages here. You set all the measures to blank and then selected measure. Yeah, this is exactly what you did.
1: Oh, uh, now I know the one. Yes, yes, yes. So that came about because, again, part of my CAT team, um, and, and this is quite, this is, quite a common pattern as well where we go work with a customer who perhaps is moving from a different tool or they they've got a mindset that they want the report to behave a certain way and I think this particular customer they're in direct query mode and when they're in the in the the power bi desktop every single time they're dragging fields onto the canvas and every Mm. single time they're making even a small change you know all the visuals would recalculate and it was quite a heavy load on their back-end data source so they wanted to know, is there a way that we can have a pause button, you know, somewhere on the desktop canvas that just cancels mm. out all calculations, and I can just do layout stuff. I don't care about looking at the numbers yet, you know, and um, and I want it to be really, really snappy. You know, talk to Will Thompson, and we got one of these things, and you no, know, it's a great idea. Let's get it in, and if enough people ask for it, then you know, we'll, we'll you know perhaps um, start doing work on it. Mm. But um, you know, I realised with with um, explicit measures, then yeah, you know, if we push it through calculation groups, yes, we can yeah. sort of artificially um kill calculations by yeah. putting them in this poor state oh yes yeah and i mean in this case the customer was quite happy um it was a bit of a roundabout hack way and and possibly it's the kind of thing that maybe i hadn't come up with, wouldn't have thought about if i wasn't doing you know creative game type things so um <laughs> uh, so so we end up i mean that's a case where we end up probably unblocking the customer a little bit and mm. you know they're happier and they um they they can do work you know, there might have been other solutions as well um you know speeding oh, yeah. up the data source or, or import or, or whatever but in this particular case uh, uh and, and a figure uh, and, and I, I guess the other people on the cat team are the, the same they go oh yeah that's an interesting solution um I'll just quickly write that up on a blog mm. and share it so you know, other people can hopefully benefit for that because we do get exposed to quite interesting um, um scenarios like that on a, on a frequent basis so you know what we learn uh, is usually a great um, a driver for content about um, what we can share. So unless you have someone like Chris Webb who's just been blogging every week for the last three hundred years, and I, I think I know his um, uh, backlog of ideas to blog about is is just phenomenal. Um, yeah. So someone like him, <laughs> he doesn't need that inspiration.
0: Yeah, but I, I mean, I think I mentioned this before, but I mean, really like inspiration and stuff, it's always like you have a customer who has a problem or, you built, or you're working on something that has a problem and you don't know the solution and you have to find one and you, you come up with something. There's always going to be someone who's come up with a similar solution or might be a, a solution that's better for some people but not as good for some people. But I think it's just cool having people who are coming up with solutions because they don't actually exist. And this is why I think I, I love the the ideas um, side of Power BI. I mean, this called the idea behind it um we talked
1: about the cat team earlier too you know I'm also i have the luxury that i can just get on the call uh to um you know chris webb or or casper dion or or, you know patrick and or adam and and you know there are loads and loads of very smart people on the team and um, Mm. they're always keen to help and also learn as well and then you just get Mm. two or three heads together and between you that's when you come up with the ah that's Quite a good solution let's try it out mm. and depending on the nature and the complexity of the um solution it might suit oh, adam's going to do that as a blo as a you know guy in queue video or um you know someone else will write that up or we can put it and pop it into a white paper or something like that so because you know we 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 are very very small and we just have to be able to scale by yeah. you know trying to get this information out there as, as much as we can and, and as wide as sense. we can so
0: I'm gonna feel another Jeffrey question because I like I like this question. I mean, they're all good questions, but this one. What's something you're most proud that you've got out of the Power BI product? Cool, I like it. I'm also curious. Um,
1: I did quite a lot of work, particularly last year, around the um, uh, automatic aggregations or the usage-based aggregations, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I had the luxury or, or you know, got quite hands-on with the. Um, the, the the tools and the algorithms to help decide you know what el- what what ag- aggregation would be a good one to generate um and, and that's this is a very big complex um uh, product that's still just only really starting to roll out now um and and I can see that going to have massive benefits particularly for um you know medium and, and large data models so that, okay. you know, uh, and I was lucky enough to actually write some code Um, uh, locally that made its way I think eventually into the the product which is a bit of a buzz probably more recently helping out with the um, uh, Power BI Premium Gen 2 uh, app trying to you know make that um, um, in a a way that is useful to a whole variety of different Mm. capacity administrators because it's, it's something that um We've, we've struggled with, and I don't think we've, we've got it 100% right, but I think it's definitely getting closer and moving in the right direction. And, mm. um, and it's always nice to see work that I'm doing locally you know, in, in my machine, um, you know, make its way into mm. that sort of environment. Um, that's probably uh, the two things that spring to mind, there, there's definitely others, because that's the actual, the other wonderful thing about the cat team. We're not siloed to just mm. a, a, a function. We do get borrowed and brought into all sorts of uh, interesting project uh, and um, you know you, you can definitely help influence the shape and, and layout of a feature um, uh, yeah, that's a that way which is always neat
0: I always find it, it's interesting that you the, the things that you said about the cat team because I didn't realise that um, a part of what they were doing was basically collecting maybe not requirements but things that the these key customers the large customers require and kind of they get added to the the Potentially get added um, to, to Power BI. How did my question is how do they um, actually make contact these oh, customers? customers? Yeah.
1: Well, generally, we're dealing with a very large customer, so we've we've probably already got a pretty established um, relationship with these big customers. You know, there's probably a team of of accounts or salespeople within Microsoft already working with those customers across a variety of um, tools. You know, not mm-hmm. just Power BI necessarily. Um, You know, but if they start using Power BI or showing interest in Power BI, um, then, you know, they do get a bit of a a shortcut to the Power BI team. And it's generally someone from the cat team, the customer, as I said, advocate team that Mm. will, um, first of all, probably talk to the local Microsoft team working with that customer to just, you know, see what sort of help and support might be useful. And then perhaps, you know, maybe get on some calls, um, just try to understand where they're coming from, what they're trying to do. Uh, you know, we can give them um, hopefully best practice advice, point them in the right direction, you know, suggest if they need you know, this kind of, uh, uh, you know, training, or maybe this we can give them access to some more advanced techniques. Um, you know, <clears throat> we've got a lot of programs that, you know, help them, um, you know, learn more about what's coming up on the roadmap, what we're doing with the strategy, where we're going. But importantly, as I said, we, we try and listen as much as possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, as much as we're trying to help customers, we're also trying to learn from these customers you know what what what's blocking them what they're um and and we aggregate this information across a variety of customers because Mm -hmm. obviously if we speak to um 20 different organizations and 15 of them are I wouldn't say the word complaining but mention hey wouldn't it be really great if power bi could do you know function X then we can go to the people in the power bi team that look after perhaps that area and say is is, you know we've got some empirical data that backs up this real evidence this isn't just what we think this isn't just what we feel we've Mm. got evidence that shows that you know these 15 um uh, organizations uh you know would would enjoy using power bi a lot more if we were able to change or add or or change this feature and then um you know we advocate we lobby um you know uh, and then you know all going well you know when the feature pms are making their decisions about you know because they've got finite resource, they've only got certain amount of developers and money that they could spend, and, and I, I suspect if you had a look at the wish list on every single feature PM mm. <laughs> in the Power BI team, it, it, it's probably a factor of a hundred times more than what they can actually yeah. invest and spend. So they've got to be smart about um, you know uh, what they do, and you know if, if it's going to directly help customers, you know in this, mm. in this particular way, you've just got this communication channel um, that the cat team. <laughs> play a very big part on that's cool and you know, the, the people on the cat team do have a lot of experience you know on this so they kind of get very quickly what uh what the challenges are and the problems and um you know usually just you know we can play our little part in, in hoping to get um mm. and, you know, i don't know if you've seen the release list if you go back there's some slides on some various decks that show you know every single feature that's shipped in power bi mm-hmm. say in the last two years and it's just exhausting reading it um so
0: yeah. Uh, no, it's...
1: It's, it's, it's on a roll. It's getting better. Um, it's very exciting. It's, it's a wonderful of ro- uh, a ride to be on. So I'm very privileged.
0: I can imagine it must be very good fun, challenging, but very good fun. And the thing, what you mentioned also about the, the, the new features that are rolled out, it always kind of makes me laugh, um, because it is a huge amount of new features pushed out and so many, I mean, sometimes you have, you know, the a month where there's not as much, but even when it's not as much, there's always like a lot. But every single time there's something released, there's always people saying, oh, it's released, but we still don't have this. I'm one of them. I know I do the same thing with the M M-M IntelliSense, you know? So for, it must be quite frustrating sometimes to be rolling out so much, but to still have a backlog or people just kind of from different directions saying, yes, but we still want this. Yes, but we still want this. I Actually, know.
1: I've got a funny story about that one too. Um, and I don't know if I'm allowed to tell this, so just keep it between me and, and, and you know, the audience. The internet, um,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: Next month, we might be getting spark lines, maybe. Just um, And, and going back to earlier this year, I think it was January, uh, and I, I had a um, message from someone in my team who um, said, oh, look, a very, very senior person uh, on the Power BI team uh, wants to just connect with someone who knows a little about SVG and knows a little bit about DAX. Uh, do you know anyone, Phil? It's so, okay, I can possibly help with that. You know, what's up? And it turned out they had been looking at the IDEAS site, and as everyone probably knows, one of the top ideas on the IDEAS site is the ability to add Sparklines. This is something that um, uh, you know, Jeff has um, been quite passionate about. So they said, see how it's done in Excel. What would be involved in, in getting that... Um, uh, you know doing something similar in, in power bi and I, I had a look at the implementation in excel you know there's there's if you go to the ribbon and you can sort of see the graphics and the features and the properties that you can set there and um probably about two or three hours later i had emailed back to this person um a, a prototype or proof of concept and um as far as I can tell that was oh that looks that, that's fantastic let's let's use that as the um you know got given to the proper development team and um you know spent probably the year and you know in the queue getting ready but um fairly shortly uh and, and, I, and I've seen from the internal uh blogs that we get to see the draft versions of the blog that um is going to be ready to go out you know uh-huh. like screenshot. Hey, that's that's the that's the power bi file I built back in January on a Sunday afternoon when I was just <laughs> kicking around that came through fairly quickly so that was pretty satisfying now that's that might cool. make it sound like we only spend an hour or two building these features so the get shipped that's not what I'm saying <laughs> but when you know the the work I did that got given to yeah. the, the proper development team to actually make it stay you know solid and robust and um out there um but you know to me, it just looks still like the the version that I knocked up back in January. So, uh, and you know that, that sort of thing is pretty fun and satisfying. Um, you know, when when you can have that much influ- well, not influence, but
0: you know, I you mean, can, if yeah, it's yeah. it's it's one of the most, as you said, it's one of the most requested features in Power BI. And um, there you go, Phil C. Mark, not two hours in a Sunday afternoon. Hold me
1: to it. Don't tell anyone. Don't tweet about it. But um, you know, we we might see spark lines in the November desktop release. And when you do look at that, it's, um, it was probably me sitting there with some honey in the background, um, looking out <laughs> over my local, um, Does, you know,
0: does that computer. mean I have to edit this live stream so no, no one can can access this video no. anymore?
1: No, no, it's fine. I'll
0: just do yeah. like a, like a beep noise for like five it's, minutes. <laughs> it's
1: done now. So
0: <laughs> it, it, it's, it's the, the first ever, you know, reveal on this connect live chat. So there you go. This this is oh, a fantastic cool. new thing. The first. i this giving you something. So you've given me so much, mate. So much. Yeah. I very much enjoyed the chat. Um, we've gone over time, by the way. Not that's a problem oh. for me, but um, not as so bad. i gone over time. But just so you know, i um, we can wind it up now because we've spoken about quite a lot of stuff, and it's been for me as always a very pleasant experience.
1: Oh. Thanks for doing the series. It looks like you've had some really interesting people on, and next week will be a lot of fun, I'm sure, with Jeff. So, and, yes. um, yeah, hopefully we can keep this going. And um, you know, it's nice to see the people in the community because one of the really, really amazing things about the Power BI is the community. It's very positive, very vibrant. Everyone's really, really supportive. Everyone's learning. Yeah. Um, I think there are some other tech communities that perhaps um, uh, you know, have have maybe a little more toxic. So, you know, I do love the Power BI community and, um, yeah. and it just it keeps growing and growing and growing. And our, our numbers are just,
0: it's, I, I agree. I think I, for me, the two strongest parts about Power BI is how easy to get it on your computer and the community, as you say, I mean, there's, I can't really add much to what you said. It's a fantastic thing. It's very pleasant. Everyone's very friendly. And for me doing these are really good fun because I kind of get to know everyone a bit better. And I hope that the people in the chat are kind of doing the same as well. So. Yeah, thank you for joining me this week. It's been awesome. Uh, I will... All
1: no right, thanks for everyone who jumps on and everyone who watches this.
0: Yeah, thanks for all the comments and the questions. It's always good fun. And um, we'll be back next week, same time, and also back to um, New Zealand. Same same town, right?
1: Exactly, yes. He's only 20 minutes or 30 minutes up the road. Near the airport. Ask him about the airport. Sorry.
0: Ask him about the airport. Okay, there you go fantastic that's a that's the first topic for next week airports <laughs> all right cool thank you so Bye-bye. thank you very much everyone uh, take care and see you next Thursday bye bye